I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Hey everybody, good evening, and thank you for joining us for Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, from co-owner of Cape Gunworks, and you are listening to our weekly radio show here on WXDK 95.1. We would love you to be a part of the discussion, so why don't you join us? Go to our website, capegunworks.com, and click on Rapid Fire and get signed up for these alerts. Whenever we record this show, you'll be notified so you can get your questions answered. Um, we get a lot of questions in a week here at Cape Gunworks, all kinds of stuff, mostly about what I can and can't buy and that stuff. So sometimes we get into this on the on the air, so it'll clarify some of the things you can do in Massachusetts and you can't do. And some of the things I don't even know because it's as clear as mud. So we defer to our uh, legal counsel here at Cape Gunworks, and uh, <laughs> a lot of times we have some lawyers join us, and they'll answer the question as I'm telling you. I don't know; they're typing in the answer, so I'm able to, uh, you know, answer that question accurately for you. But the good news is it's clear as mud, and you have to, you know, get a law degree to figure it out. And uh, even being in this business for seven years. I'm constantly coming up with new questions and I have to ping it off lawyers all the time and figure out, uh, you know, what it is we got to do in order to stay compliant, stay legal, stay uh, within the lines here at Cape Gunworks. And the interesting thing is the Constitution says shall not be infringed. So <laughs> it's very, very frustrating when politicians who raise their right hand and put their hand on the Bible and swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States, then they go on to write laws that violate the Constitution of the United States and pretend like they're doing us a great service in the process. Um, that is obviously a violation of our civil rights. And unfortunately for us, there's some legal precedent that what they're doing is legal even though the Constitution pretty much speaks for itself. But I digress. I am here. We run a, a business in the state that is very hostile to gun ownership and gun uh, owners in general and hostile to the Second Amendment. So we have to persevere. We have to carry on the tradition of safe and responsible gun ownership in America and the best way we can do that is to lead by example and stay in business. So if we want to stay in business, we have to play by the rules and we have to fight the good fight on another level through legal challenges, through funding uh, COM2A or GOAL or Firearms Policy Coalition or 2AO or Gun Owners of America or in some cases the NRA. So the point is, they're the ones that are going to have to pick up arms, if you will, and go to court and do the do the work. And we can provide the ammunition by sending them money. That's really 
Um, my metaphor of the day is send the patriots and the uh, lawyers to fight the good fight in the court system because that's where the battle's going to be won at this point. And that's where we have have been able to pick up ground and restore some of our rights is in the court system. So that will continue to be fought and continue. I'm sure battles will be continue to be won with the hundreds of new uh, judges that have been appointed under the previous administration and with a majority now in the Supreme Court. I haven't lost hope that some good gun bills will, uh, some gun challenges to poorly written legislation will be eventually brought to the light of day in the Supreme Court. And we should see some stuff come to fruition and see our rights restored again. So <clears throat> I'm going to read some of the questions that are strolling in here on the live chat. So um, feel free to type in if you're on the chat and you want your question answered. Uh, we had a question a few minutes ago. Is there a limit on the number of firearms you can buy a year in Massachusetts? And the answer is not yet. <laughs> Don't give them any ideas. But at least once a year, some politician will introduce legislation to, you know, limit us to one gun a month or that type of thing. And fortunately, none of that has actually made it to the full House for a vote, or it usually doesn't make it out of committee. I think uh, Cynthia Cream there is the one that brings this in every year. And, uh, you know, they try to get this passed. But the good news is it usually doesn't make it out of committee. And we're kind of at a Mexican standoff, I would say, between no restoration of rights, but also no new gun control legislation on the state level. All bets are off on the federal level if you've been following any of the political uh, rancor that's going around right now. And Sheila Jackson Lee from Texas has introduced H.R. 127, which is a the biggest assault on firearms owners and ownership in America, American history, um, where it's actually got, you know, presented and, and it's being talked about. And the administration that's in power currently, it has a sympathetic ear to gun control right now and has their own plan to do all kinds of craziness. But this one is serving it up on a silver platter for them right now. And with control or a split in the Senate with the control going to the Democrats because of, uh, you know, Vice President Harris, and then the House in Democrat control, and also the executive office in control of the Democrats at the moment, then we, you know, see there, there would really need to have Democrats shut it down. That's the only way it's going to happen. If every Republican votes to shut it down, it passes. So you got to have you got to count on dissenting Democrats to not go along with the party. And they're not very good at that. Most of the Democrats toe the party line. You got the Joe Manchins and the, you know, a couple of guys like that. And there was the Zell Miller type from Georgia earlier on. But, you know, he those guys are all passed away or no longer sitting in Congress. So we have some dark days ahead for the Second Amendment, I'm afraid, if things don't change. 
Sheila Jackson Lee's bill, H.R. 127, is by far the most broad-reaching, comprehensive gun control legislation ever proposed that might actually have a serious chance of being debated. There's been similar bills proposed every year by Dianne Feinstein and stuff like that that doesn't really make it anywhere, but this could potentially go somewhere So because of the environment. So they don't have a mandate, but they are rolling with one like they do, as you can see from the 42 executive orders that have been signed. So it's been pretty crazy. Um, there's definitely been no attempt to heal or unify or reach across party lines. It's been more of a dictatorship. In fact, um, the Biden administration has even ostracized a lot of its own base already. And there's a whole movement of people who are regretting even voting for him in the first place. So that is, you know, not to say we told you so, but we told you so. <laughs> and love or hate Trump, I'm not trying to make that argument, but I think most people voted for Biden because of their hatred for Trump, not because they love Joe Biden, a failed two-time uh, presidential candidate who has a long history of plagiarism and uh, lies and corruption that is uh, very, very deep. Now, I will say the mainstream media definitely covered for him this whole election cycle. He didn't even have to emerge from the basement and if you look at any of the voter fraud um, claims that have been made, there's 60-odd uh, court cases that not one single shred of evidence was ever heard from. So that, you know, not to get on a total political discourse here. Again, I've made the argument that there's plenty of political radio talk shows out there. But frankly, this is boiling down to the point where it's going to affect the Second Amendment with almost irreparable damage or decades worth of irreparable damage. The thing that most people don't realize is it takes moments of time for new legislation to be written, signed into law by the president and implemented. But then it takes years through court system and legal challenges for that to become found unconstitutional or taken off off the plate so we have that to look forward to and lots of money and we'll get we'll get to more of this on the other side so stay tuned we will be right back this is toby leary and you're listening to rapid fire Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. And now it's time for the adventures of CGWO, champion of Second Amendment rights. CGWO, I want to get some training, but with a personal touch. Check out our private lessons if you're leaning towards learning in a legitimate loan lecture. Cape Gunworks, home of CGW, but keep it a secret. It's no secret. Shoot over to Cape Gunworks for the savings and selections that can't be beat. That's Cape Gunworks, home of 
All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Toby. I'm your host of Rapid Fire, co-owner of Cape Gunworks, and you can join us weekly from 7 to 8 on WXDK, or you can follow along live as we record these shows. Just go to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire. Spread the word, like, subscribe, and share. It'll help us beat the big tech and beat their algorithms and continue to be on here for the foreseeable future. So anyway, we were talking about uh, HR 127, the Sheila Jackson Lee's uh, bill before the break and how if some, some bill like that ever passed, which by the way, for those of you who don't know, it actually includes registration, mandatory registration of every gun you own. You have to tell them where you store it, how you store it, where it's located in the house, and it is made public. It's public information. So, you know, Joe Gangbanger down the road knows exactly which closet your guns are hidden in, and, you know, it's a, <laughs> I mean, it's a gift on a silver platter to the criminal element, and that's just one of the horrific things that obviously are so unconstitutional. It doesn't, you don't even have to be a lawyer or a constitutional scholar or a history teacher to figure out that that is an obvious violation of the Second Amendment. But I digress again. Uh, they'll continue to put these bills out there and throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. Stuff like this happens in Massachusetts every year. TJ saying talk about HD 135, an act relative to universal background checks for private gun sales. That's Rep. David Alinsky or David Linsky. He is one of the um, ones like Cream who constantly introduces gun control legislation. Usually it doesn't go anywhere. Uh, like I said, we're at kind of like a Mexican standoff um, in this state, but federally, um, these are the things that once they go into place or get voted in and signed into law, take years, if not decades, for them to be defeated in the court system. So, and millions and millions of dollars worth of money and, you know, wasting everybody's time. So, Anyway, we just hopefully won't see any of that go through uh, anytime soon. But if it, things continue the way they are, I think it's going to be a dark day ahead for firearms. So I'm not usually an alarmist and um, I still am not trying to, you know, say buy what you can while you can or get it now while you can. But, you know buy what you can now while you can. That's that's the end of it, you know. And the Joe Biden administration wants to uh, tax, quote-unquote, assault weapons, or basically semi-automatic weapons, $200 each, and put them on the NFA registry. And so, again, this is all just infringement, further infringement, but, um, you know, this is just a de facto gun registration as well. And he thinks he can do it through executive order. So we'll see how that all plays out. Um, the We had another question about inventory. Uh, do we have any Winchester Defender shotguns? No, we don't, Bill. I'm sorry about that. Do we have any GP100s in stock? We do not, but I have a pretty good selection of Smith & Wesson 
revolvers if you want to come take a look at those. And uh, Joe's wondering, he has an AR lower that was bought in mass and has not been built into a rifle. It was bought pre-Morahealy. Can you legally build it into a rifle in Massachusetts at this point? The answer to that, Joe, is absolutely. You absolutely can. So just build it into a post-band configuration. So you have to have a fixed stock, no threaded barrel, no flash hider, no you know bayonet lug, et cetera, et cetera. So that's basically as long as you build it into a post-band configuration, you can own that gun. You can even sell it privately unless uh, that David Linsky's bill, the to ban universal, uh, to make universal background checks for private transfers. See, there's one thing that is kind of ironic. When gun stores were shut down because of the COVID pandemic or plandemic, whichever way you look at it, uh, in April, we got shut down for six weeks and we were part of the uh, team that was fighting the shutdown and that went to court with a federal judge. The amazing thing was the state's defense as to why they shut gun stores down was because people can still do a person-to-person private transfer. They can do a face-to-face transfer. So forever they've been touting the gun show loophole as this horrible, evil thing, you know, that mass shooters can just walk in anywhere and buy guns without background checks and all this stuff, which of course is ridiculous. Um, But basically, they're talking about face-to-face or personal transfers. In some states, you just got to meet someone, show that you have an ID, there's not even a firearms ID involved. And, you know, as long as they're not felons, they can you can do a private transfer in this state both parties need to be licensed and then they can do a private transfer a face-to-face transfer so they go on the web portal the efa10 portal the mass gun transaction portal type in the seller's information the buyer's information and the gun information and it says this is allowed to proceed so the good news for um for you is you can do a personal private transfer. The bad news is they want to take this away. That would end all transfers of AR-15 and AK-47s that are not pre-94. As of right now, if you have a pre-Healy, pre-July 20, 2016 AR-15 or AK-47, you can still sell it to a buddy, sell it to somebody else, um, in a private transaction through the gun transaction portal. It's legal to do, and you can still do it. But if they close that and make it so that it has to be done through a dealer through, quote-unquote, universal background checks, meaning you can never sell a gun to a family member or a friend or somebody else on a private party again, then you uh, then it'll effectively close the door to all future sales of non pre-94 AK-47s or AR-15s. So anyway, that's a uh, that's what they're truly after is another way of restricting the free commerce or free transfer of firearms in the state. So that would be an awful thing to happen and uh you know, frankly, we just need to see um 
a changeover of Congress, frankly. Uh, it would be really good to see term limits or something like that put into effect. So anyway, Derek says it's extremely concerning that people can be so brainwashed to believe that firearms of any kind cause problems. A firearm is, a, is useless without a person they need to enforce the laws they already have and hold people accountable. I would agree with you there, Derek, 100%. Um, it's, it is just ridiculous. So, um, let's see, Nicholas has a question. He says, uh, I hear Utah might be the next permitless state. What would that mean for the Utah carry license holders? That's a great question. I honestly don't know. Um, there's reciprocity in the state of Utah right now with about 30 other states. I wonder if they would extend that permitless carry to non-residents or maybe they'll still have a non-resident license to carry. I don't know, but um, if that's the case, I would just get the Florida non-resident license to carry, and then you can carry in all the same states as Utah, including Florida. Whereas if you have just the Florida, you can't carry in Florida. So if you have the Utah, you can't carry in Florida. If you have the Florida one, you can carry everywhere that the Utah one is is allowed. So are shotguns with pistol grips and expanding stocks legal in mass? It depends, uh, Patrick. If it's if it's got a magazine tube and it's semi-automatic, absolutely, as long as it's limited to five rounds. If it's a pump action, then it doesn't matter. Uh, the expanding stock might be a problem on the semi-automatic with a pistol grip, um, whether or not it has the fixed magazine tube or not. So, um, yeah, that would be a um, limited to pumps. So collapsible stocks, pump action, you're fine. So any chance of getting a SIG MCX? Michael wants to know. Absolutely. Um, they will come back in stock at some point. We were told there's lots of them there. They're just waiting on steel to make bolt carrier groups. So go figure. Um, let's see. Thomas is wondering, do we have any ammo? And yes, we do have lots of ammo in stock, just not the big five, like 9mm, 38, 40, 45, and uh, 357 mag. But we have a lot of rifle ammo. We got 223, 556, we got 762 by 39, we got some shotgun slugs. So it changes daily, though. Come on in and check us out, and we'll be able to hook you up with the ammo. But we're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned. We'll be with you on the other side. I'm Toby Leary. You're listening to Rapid Fire. And now it's time for the adventures of CGW, champion of Second Amendment rights. CGW, can you help me get my firearms license? Sure, sign up for a license to carry course at CapeGunWorks.com and start your journey today. Cape Gunworks, home of CGW, but keep it a secret. It's no secret. Shoot over to Cape Gunworks for the savings and selections that can't be beat. That's Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. 
Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. All right, welcome back. This is Toby. I'm your host of Rapid Fire every Saturday from 7 to 8 on WXTK, a station that still stands up for freedom here in America. And you can also find us on the web through all the big tech social media platforms. And if you go to our website, click on Rapid Fire. So it's capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire. All right, so we were talking about ammo before the break and uh, we were just saying what we do have, and we have it coming in and out of stock all the time, and it's still one of the most uh, sought-after items in the shop, even more so than guns. But ammo is really difficult to get these days, and I think we're in it for the long haul. I think we're going to see this ammo shortage for at least another year, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope, believe me, for someone who's losing hair over this every day, uh, I hope I'm wrong about that, and I hope it starts to come back into stock because that would be great. Not to mention it'll lower prices, not to mention it'll be easier to get and take the pressure off. So let's hope that happens soon. Uh, Ed is moving to Massachusetts from Texas in May, and if you understand correctly, I can move in with my pistols but only use 10-round mags even if those pistols cannot be sold in mass. Is this correct? Mostly correct, Ed. Yes, you can bring your guns here, absolutely, as long as they don't violate the assault weapons ban, so they're not like an AR or AK or a big, heavy, you know, uh, assault-type weapon, quote-unquote. Uh, but you definitely got to get relinquish the high-cap mags, sell those before you come, and you can use 10-round mags in them. But where you are wrong is they can still be sold in Massachusetts, but you'd take advantage of the face-to-face mass transaction portal so the efa 10 you could sell them to a buddy or whatever as long as that stays you know legal in this state you can continue to sell the guns they just can't be sold through a licensed gun shop so that's the common misconception is people think oh i don't want this gun it's not mass compliant well so what if it's not mass compliant that just means you can't buy it at a gun store but if somebody has one because they moved here with it um they they can absolutely continue to carry it and sell it and everything else um mitch is wondering do they make mass compliant ak-47s and what about ar-15s this is a little bit of a complicated question matt if it is specifically an ak-47 or specifically an ar-15 the short answer is no they do not make a mass compliant version Every once in a while, we'll get some like MNP 15, you know, shipped in that says mass compliant on the box and they saw it on gun broker or something like that. And the dealer says, yep, mass compliant says it right on the box. But unfortunately, that's probably predates the 7-2016 edict by our attorney general. And... They used to make guns that were, quote-unquote, mass compliant. And just like they did federally 
for the 10 years that they were banned federally. So they were neutered. They had a pin stock. They had a no bayonet lug. They had a uh, straight barrel, no threads on it. Or if it had a muzzle brake, it was pinned and welded. And the stock didn't collapse or fold or anything like that. And so there are some great alternatives, though, to AR-15s in the state. The Robinson Armament XCR, the SIG MCX, the SIG MPX, uh, the Tavor, the Ruger Mini 14. Uh, the, as far as the AK-47 platforms, there's some good alternatives to those as well. And I have a bunch coming in. So if you want one, I would call uh, and reserve one of these. But we have the M&M M10X rifles coming back in stock. So check them out. It's M plus M, M&M. M10X is the rifle. I've sold a bunch. They're very, very hard to get. And so I've secured a, a decent amount of them, but they're going to go quick. The last batch I got of 20 went, I think, within a week and a half. It went really, really fast. But these are great rifles because they take AK-47 magazines. They shoot 7.62 by 39, but they're not an AK. They're a total ground-up design, and they have a Picatinny rail on the entire top of the monolithic receiver. So you can put optics on them very easily, unlike an AK-47. You can put red dot, scope, magnifier. You could put laser. You could put light, you know, whatever you want. Verismo saying, I love my M10X. I do too. I think it's a great gun. Um, we also have the VZ-58 currently in stock, which is probably the closest thing to an AK without being an AK. And uh, they don't take AK mags. They have a very similar mag, but there are pre-ban VZ-58 mags available. And we also get, they come with a nice modern manufacturer 10-round clear polycarbonate uh, magazine, similar to like the Lancer Systems mags or the... Uh, Etsy ETS mags, but um, these are very, very good, well-made magazines, and the uh, the pre-bands are available. So the VZ58 looks a lot like an AK, but it's not, and it it's a great gun. I really like it. It's very light, and the check it's a check battle rifle, if you will. Um, pretty cool gun. How much does the M10X go for? Also, any specific tax or anything? No, you don't have any uh, like special occupation tax like the SOT st stuff or the uh, NFA tax. There's no $200 tax stamp or anything like that for any of the, these guns that I'm talking about. The, uh, they, the M10X rifle, I believe, are $2,100, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or they're... Nah, I think they're cheaper than that. I think they're like $1,799, $1,800, right around $1,800. And they're phenomenal guns. They're gas-operated, gas-piston-operated. Um, they have a regulated gas piston, so you can adjust it. Um, they're, they're great guns. And I like that they come with the uh, M-lock rail on it and that full Picatinny monolithic upper receiver. They hinge open like an AR-15, but they're way different than a... Uh, AR-15, so pretty cool. Um, Arlo's up in New Hampshire getting some training, Lori, but thanks for the question. Everyone's wondering where the where the mascot is. He's been gone all week, so um, let's see. 
so getting back to that question, some of the other alternatives um, to the to the AR-15 or AK-47, the Robinson Armament XCR, Tavor is always a popular one, um, the M&M M10X rifle, the SIG MCX is a very popular one. Uh, again, it's a ground-up design with all the ergonomics of an AR-15 without the AR-15. It's a totally different uh, platform and I get people all the time so confused why can you sell an MCX but you can't sell an AR-15 because it's not an AR-15 and if you look at the uh, Attorney General's regulations they basically uh, prohibit us from selling any of the uh, any of the enumerated guns on the 94 assault weapons ban so there's six or seven guns on the enumerated assault weapons ban they include but are not limited to Uzi, Galil, AK-47, AR-15, FNFAL, FNFSC, Tech 9 that's seven. I think that's all of them. Maybe I remembered them all. But anyway, uh, so Susan, yeah, Arlo's up in uh, New Hampshire getting some training. I'm trying to teach him how to force fetch. I, You know, whenever I go hunting, he'll mark the bird when the bird goes down. But he doesn't bring it to me. He's not a retriever. He's a pointer. So you got to kind of teach that dog to do that. Got to teach the old dog to do new tricks. But um, And then I'm also trying to teach him to shed hunt for antlers that after the uh, after the deer drop their antlers. We can go find him. John's wondering, can you own a Mossberg shockwave in mass? And can you add a pistol brace after you buy it? Do you sell the brace kit for it? Um, the answer to that is you can own the shockwave the mass version of the shockwave which is still an 18 and a half inch barrel it's not the 14 inch barrel and um, you can add a pistol brace but you can also add a stock you might as well just add the stock to it because it's an 18 and a half inch barrel and uh, it's a little more comfortable than the pistol brace so that's the only way you can own it in mass because if it has less than a 18 inch barrel it's considered a firearm and would be subject to the mass approved weapons roster so there you have it uh it's a great gun though i would highly recommend you get it and we have some coming in so check in with us uh they're they're great guns we'll get to more of your questions when we get back from the break you're listening to rapid fire i'm toby Lear. Now it's time for the adventures of CGW, champion of Second Amendment rights. CGW, I have an old wheel gun that's a little sticky. Coming to Cape Gunworks, our full-service gunsmith can get that wheel gun gatling great again. Cape Gunworks, home of CGW, but keep it a secret. It's no secret. Shoot over to Cape Gunworks for the savings and selections that can't be beat. That's Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. Bullard 20. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is Toby Leary. I'm your host of Rapid Fire, co-owner of Cape Gunworks in Hyannis, Massachusetts. And you can find us on the web, capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire to be made aware whenever we're going to record a show. We'll answer your questions and we will get to your calls if you want to call into the show. The number is broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube. So anyway, getting back to all the crazy legal things uh, that happen in Massachusetts and uh, talk about, you know, restricting or infringing on our, our rights. That's what Massachusetts has has got down to a science, only to be outdone every once in a while by California. And then Massachusetts says, hey, hold my beer. And they get on it and get after it again. So it's one of those things that I swear they're in competition with each other to see who can restrict the Second Amendment more. But fortunately, we've gone a few years here without any major gun control legislation coming out of Massachusetts. And hopefully, knock on wood, that'll continue and stay the stay that way. Federally, I think we're, we have more to worry about at this point right now, but you never know. Um, so getting back to your questions, Davey's wondering, any news from FN? And you can't wait to get your F- FN 509 Compact Tactical. Um, I have started to get some product in from FN. I just got a whole bunch of range bags from them. <laughs> that was a pretty good score. We had a pallet drop the other day from FN, and I thought we hit the mother load. I did a $650,000 order with them a couple months ago, and I'm like, okay, it's finally coming in. And it was all range bags. But we did get some of the FN 509 LE. Um, they call it the LE or the LS uh, long slide, uh, 509 long slide. Those are cut for red dot optic. It's more of a competition type pistol. It has this, uh, it's got the lightning cuts in the, in the slide to lighten the slide up. It also has uh, the cut for the red dot optic and a flat face trigger and a magwell, flared magwell. It's a phenomenal gun. And I'm looking forward to getting some range time in on one, but we got a limited amount of those. So if you don't want to wait for your 509 compact, give us a call, Davey, and we'll return that special order for you and get you one of these uh, 509 LS. I think they're the LS or the LE. I'm sorry, I can't remember the specific model number, but it's the 509 long slide and they're phenomenal guns. They're more of a competition type gun, but they're awesome. EJB is wondering if Bursa is a good gun, and I have very limited experience with Bursa because they've never been made mass compliant, but um, they are—they do make a one model gun that I have checked out the trigger. It's a double action gun, um, a double action only, I should say. It's a striker-fired gun, and I actually did like the size of it. I would say it's the Taurus G3 Compact before the G3 Compact, and I didn't even really care about the Taurus G3s until they became mass compliant. So I haven't looked too deeply into the Bursas. If you have one, I would say, and if it shoots well and it fits your hand good, just keep it and keep running it. It's probably fine. Um, Anyway, uh, that's not a bad way to go. Thank you, Bo. Bo saying, I'm sounding great and coming from Bo Swayze, the voice of Cape Gunworks and, uh, you know, a very talented radio guy. That's a tremendous compliment. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so let's see. Can you buy a pre-band lower out of mass and bring it in? Absolutely. 
um, if you can find a place that'll sell it to you from being out of mass and a stripped lower I gotta look into the law on that I don't know if that's like a pistol because it could be made into a pistol if it's a stripped lower stripped virgin lower but get it transferred in and uh, we can do the transfer for you Mike at the very least because it's a pre-ban so not a problem we can do that can a person that lives in New Hampshire sell a Glock to someone when the seller doesn't live in mass um, no you cannot sell handguns across state lines that would violate federal law so you cannot sell handguns across state lines that's gun running stuff you don't want to do that um, any word from Robinson Arms about their next delivery? Can I ensure there is an XCRM in the next crate for me? Alex is wondering, which is more likely to get the SIG 716 or the XCRM? Would you have a personal preference? I would prefer the XCRM over the SIG 716, even though I can't get the SIG 716. Well, I can get them. I just can't sell them in mass because they are an AR platform. Uh, but the XCRM is a versatile rifle that I would be very happy to own and run and operate and you could get it in 308 65 Creedmoor 260 Remington and 243 Winchester so I like that and I think that it is a lighter and more ergonomic gun than the 716 716 is a big heavy gun with a giant quad rail unless they fixed that they might have fixed that I stopped paying attention back in 2016 when I sold my last one on that fateful day in July anyway um, let's see uh, do you have a Benelli M4 if not can I have one shipped to you thanks well Rob I do not have a Benelli M4 in stock at the moment and you can get one shipped in as long as it's the Monte Carlo stock and not the pistol grip stock so yes go ahead and get one shipped in if you have a bead on one because we probably won't see any until the spring and I have a few on order so if you want one get it and send it in and we'll charge you 40 bucks to do a transfer not a big deal um, what would be the price for an AR-15 pre-band lower alright sit down Mike I'm gonna tell you they're about 15 to 1800 bucks right now when you can find them it's ridiculous so I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't even go there. Uh, I'd just buy a whole pre-band gun unless you wanted to build a pistol. So, yes. Will the Commonwealth let me purchase an SBR? Well, what I would recommend, Verismo, is you do... Uh, what you'd want to do on that is buy a gun, the one you want, and then fill out the paperwork to make it an SBR. I think it's a little bit easier um, to do than to get a SBR on a form 4 and do a transfer I've had some form 4s denied but we've never ha seen a form 1 denied so basically what you do is you buy the gun you shoot it you get the instant gratification of buying the gun and in the meantime you do the paperwork to make it into an SBR and for those of you who are listening who might not know what SBR is it's short barreled rifle so it means the barrel is under 14 inches I'm sorry under 16 inches so if you uh, right now the law is the barrel has to have 16 inches to make it a rifle and 
if the barrel's 15.5 inches, you can go to jail for a long time on, under the you know federal federal law. So true story. If you have a built a barrel that's 15.5 inches, then you have to pay the government a $200 tax stamp and go through extensive background checks and register the gun federally. And there's all kinds of other laws that kind of, you know, uh, under the NFA Act or the Gun Control Act that kind of override what you can and can't do with that gun, where you can and can't go with that gun. Um, so there's a lot to it. Anyway, Keltec RDB is a good option in mass. It takes AR mags. I agree, Bob. That's a great gun. We've sold a bunch of them, and they're excellent. Um, so, yeah, they're they're phenomenal. Uh, and Lori wants the Q rifle once she moves to the gunshine state. Uh, we'll ship it to Florida. Yeah, no problem. It's a two-tax stamper, though. You got the the short-barreled rifles, a $200 tax stamp, and then the suppressor is a $200 tax stamp. So you're a two-stamper if you want it. And uh, some people collect stamps. Are you a stamp collector? <laughs> There's a lot of people who are. And, uh, you know, those stamps are expensive. <laughs> but... It is fun. So any short-barreled rifle, short-barreled shotgun, suppressor, or machine gun requires a $200 tax stamp. An AOW or an any other weapon is a $5 tax stamp. So there you have it. Um, you can look those up and see what the heck that means. AOWs are guns that are, let me get this right, no stock barrel under 16 inches but still over 26 overall length that's a five dollar tax stamp but i'm sorry under 26 inches but if the gun is over 26 inches no stock a barrel under 16 and it has a vertical foregrip then it's a other it's not an aow go figure that one out and see what the heck whoever wrote those laws was smoking at the time but same gun, one has a vertical foregrip and it's an inch longer, no tax stamp. The other one's an inch shorter and it's a $5 tax stamp and a big waiting game. So anyway, we'll be right back. <laughs> Sorry, I'm rambling here. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. And now it's time for the adventures of CGW, champion of Second Amendment rights. CGW, I can't figure out what to get for a birthday present. Grab a Cape Gunworks gift card. They generally generate gracious gestures. Cape Gunworks, home of CGW, but keep it a secret. It's no secret. Shoot over to Cape Gunworks for the savings and selections that can't be beat. That's Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Toby Leary. I'm your host of Rapid Fire. And join us every week 
on 95.1 WXDK from 7 to 8 p.m. on Saturday evenings. You have nothing better to do on Saturday evenings than to tune into the show, gather the family, light a fire, drink some polar beverage, and pop some popcorn because it's a quick hour. Uh, but we're in our last segment right now, but uh, you know, there's always next week, so I hate to break your heart, but. You can always follow along online as well if you sign up on our website at capegunworks.com. Click Rapid Fire, and you can follow along. And, you know, sometimes there's some bonus stuff that happens after the show, like tonight. There's going to be some bonus stuff. So stay tuned if you're following online, and you're going to get to see us shoot some guns and have some fun. But anyway, getting back to your questions, uh, Meep was asking asking before the break, what, a, what about a DSA SA-58? in mass if it doesn't have too many evil features and unfortunately that is a direct copy of the FNFAL so that would be no go because of the Attorney General assault weapon ban enforcement notice so there you have it even though we could sell that gun for years in Massachusetts prior to July 20th 2016 um, so there's that. Uh, Rob's wondering about any word of a SCAR-17 coming in. Um, we're getting down there as far as filling back orders are concerned. We've had a bunch of SCAR-17s come in, and I think there's still one on back order. And once that back order is fulfilled, then, you know, so I would say do a special order. If you have a gun that you want, do a special order for it. Call us at the shop, and then you can... Uh, you know, put it on special order and we'll call you when it comes in. So obviously the the sooner you get it in, the better it is because you move, you know, it's the oldest people get their orders filled first. So not the oldest people, but the oldest orders. Uh, yeah, we cater to the elderly here. They get their orders first. No, um, let's see. Check out the Fort 2857 pistol from Russia. Very similar to the FN. That sounds exciting, Terry, but... Unfortunately, we won't be able to sell it here in mass, but fortunately, we can sell the FN57 and the Ruger 57. So those are both very cool and if you like those guns like I do, I love the 57 round. I think it's a phenomenal little hot round. It's like honey I shrunk the 556. It's a it's a like cute little bottleneck cartridge that's a a screamer of a round. And if you do some research on it, you'll see that it was entered in to replace the NATO 9mm cartridge. And then they changed their mind and didn't replace it. But it, they wanted something with extra capacity, with lower muzzle rise, and that functioned very well out of a submachine gun at distance, longer distance than 9mm. So it's definitely a 200-round uh, yard gun. The PS90 was debuted, and the 5.7 pistol. And to this day... I think the Secret Service is still using the uh, PS90 or the P90 submachine gun because it holds 50 rounds and it is a stitcher of a round. It's a great little gun. So yeah, they're they're great. I love the 5.7 round. What's the difference between a muzzle brake and a suppressor? EJ wants to know. So a muzzle brake is a muzzle device that threads onto the barrel and in this case, in the state of Massachusetts, if, it, if it's a semi-automatic with a detachable magazine, it, it'll get pinned and welded in place and you can't take it off. But it's designed to limit muzzle rise. Um, so when you shoot, 
it kind of drives the gun straight back instead of the muzzle rising up. A suppressor is for sound and it is also known as a silencer. You screw it on or you have some sort of mount on the end of the gun that it's basically a, a can that you put on the end that is designed to reduce the decibel level of the gun in some cases to hearing safe levels. So that's one problem with Massachusetts. One problem. One of the big problems is you can't own suppressors in Massachusetts. And frankly, they make a lot of sense when they reduce the decibel level to a safer hearing level. So they reduce it about the same as your hearing protection, somewhere between 20 and 30 decibel reduction uh, rating. So if you have a AR-15 and you're shooting it in your bedroom at a bad guy coming through your bedroom door and you're two feet off the wall because you're between the bed and the wall or whatever, the muzzle blast of a 5.56 that close to your ear coming off the sheetrock wall will probably cause permanent hearing damage. And so a suppressor makes a lot of sense because it would reduce the amount of sound or audio um, damage that would be caused to your ear by about the same as hearing protection. It doesn't mean you're not going to hear it. It doesn't mean the neighbors aren't going to hear it. And it doesn't mean in inner cities that shot tracker technology isn't going to hear it. That's the that's the Hollywood version of a suppressor. When you see them screw this tiny little can on the end of their gun and it goes, pew, pew, pew. it's this whisper quiet thing. That only happens with subsonic 22s with a bolt lock. So if the action of the gun reciprocates, you're going to hear the the sound or the report of the gun. But you need to use subsonic in, in ammunition to make it more effective because when a gun fire fires, you actually hear two different sounds. You hear the report of the gun going off, and then you hear the sonic boom of the bullet cracking the sound barrier. So most people who shoot suppressed will use subsonic ammo to eliminate that sonic boom or the crack of the bullet going through the air. So there you have it. Any news on outdoors range? Uh, sorry, Sammy, I wish we had something to, to do. I, I would love to build one, but any long distance ranges around Cape Cod and New Bedford area? Uh, yeah, there's some, there's some to be had out there. You got to be members of them. They're private clubs. So let your fingers do the walking and Google them and you'll be able to find them. There's some good clubs out there. Any HK USC 45 coming this spring, or should I look to buy and transfer through the shop? I would say if you're itching to get it, then you should probably uh, just try and find one elsewhere. But if you want to do a special order with us, Joe, uh, go for it, and we'll the next one that comes in will be yours. I don't think I have any on back order, so there you have it. Um, what is the legality of 3D printing in mass? Would it have to be serialized and registered in the portal. I believe it would, and I'm not sure. I know there's some uh, guidance on that that the Attorney General's office sent us, and I don't think it's legal, or I don't know. To be honest with you, I honestly don't know. Um, but it would definitely uh, have to be registered and serialized if it was ever sold, and can you do it? I don't know. That's a great question. There's specific language about 3D printed guns in mass, though. And I know some of them are like, it says like if it um, wouldn't be detected by metal, metal detectors. But that's ridiculous because a 3D gun would be detected by metal detectors because 
they have a bullet in it that is brass or um, a barrel in it that's metal. And if it's strictly 3D printed, like those Liberator pistols they were making a few years back, they are good for like one shot and it's a hand grenade in your hand. So I wouldn't recommend doing that. But any of the 3D printed guns that are kind of all the rage online right now are still metal slides, metal barrels, springs, and metal magazine in them and everything else. So they're not going to defeat any type of metal detector, which is just nonsense. Any news from SIG365 has been calling your name like a unicorn in mass. Well, ASC, um, they have been coming in. We got some recently and we're filling back orders. And I think we'll be pretty close to getting all those back orders filled with any shipment that comes in anytime soon. So uh, again, special order it. And when they come in, you'll get the call. All the I think we had at one point 40 on back order and that list is almost caught up. So those people are pretty happy about that. So if you want to be one of those happy people, you're going to need to do a special order and you'll get the call as soon as they come in. So uh, and Joe's just to clarify flash suppressor and muzzle brake flash suppressor is a three prong device designed to cut down the signature of the flash coming out of the end of the barrel and those are a big no-no on a modern sporting rifle in Massachusetts because they make them a salty if they don't have a flash suppressor and they just have a muzzle brake they're not assault weapons but if they have a flash suppressor then they're assault weapons doesn't it make perfect sense now? Don't you feel good that you'll be able to sleep at night knowing no one's running around the streets of Massachusetts since 1994 with a flash suppressor on their semi-automatic rifle? Doesn't that make you feel good? I think you should tell that story to your kids tonight and they will sleep soundly. Anyway, what, I agree it's ridiculous, but guys, thanks for another great show. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. And catch us on the live stream. Go to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire. We'll see you next week. God bless and have a wonderful weekend.